Hey everybody, welcome to Listen Money Matters. My name is Matt and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you and what are you drinking? Matt, I am excellent. I am drinking Alaguanas Undercover Investigation Shutdown Ale. That is, <laughs> I don't want to say the same joke again, but that is quite a mouthful. Don't you yes. think? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And at least you didn't flub up the name this time. That's true. You didn't get reamed out by one of our listeners. <laughs> it's great. Angry fan mails. Yeah. It's not La Guanitas. <laughs> so before we get started, if you have any questions about personal finance, including income, debt, budgeting, or investing, please shoot us an email with your question, listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. And if you want to be on the show, send us an email. Again, it's listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. We really want to hear from you guys, and we really want to answer your questions. And today, we have a guest on the show. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Hello. This is Kristen. Uh, Kristen Wong is a writer, video host, and blogger who contributes to some of our favorite financial websites, including Two Cents Life Hacker, which is new, twocents.lifehacker.com. She also contributes to a very, very popular and wonderful blog called GetRichSlowly.org and her own site, Brokepedia.com. And yep. you can find her work at KristenWong.com and follow her on Twitter at TheWildWong, which is a Yay. hilarious Twitter handle. <laughs> Thank it's you. Very genius. Oh, thanks. So Thank how you are that. you? I am well. How are is you going to ask me what I'm drinking? Oh, yeah. What are you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> just coffee. Thanks for asking. Just coffee? Is it just black? Do you have cream and sugar? It's just black coffee. From a Keurig, um, a French pest? Did you get it at the store? Uh, grind I just, your own I, beans? Actually, I did get this on sale. I got it on manager special clearance at the grocery store. Oh, nice. Don't want to brag or anything. <laughs> no, not trying to brag, right? <laughs> but that saves but me yeah. some money. I saved a little bit of money on that coffee. So, speaking of that, you, we want to talk today about uh, the psychology of money and the money mindset, how we think about money, how we perceive money, and you are a self-proclaimed cheapskate, as you said on your website. Yeah. So what makes you a cheapskate? Um, maybe cheapskate is a little harsh, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but um, I'm just really, I'm very thrifty. I've always been really thrifty. Um, you know, I kind of grew up poor, which I mention quite often, <laughs> so I feel weird saying it again. But um, And that kind of, when I was younger, uh, forced us to, I had no choice but to be a cheapskate. Right. So, and my mom is super cheap, and um, I just kind of been following in her footsteps, I guess, and I've uh, always just, um, as I mentioned on my blog, it's like I realized early on that some you can't always do like building wealth is about earning more and saving more and you can't always do much about earning more but you can usually find a lot of ways to save more so um that's where that comes from see that's interesting because i look at it like dieting and exercise if you want to lose weight you have to do both and but yeah. one is more than one is does a greater effect than the other yes and what do you say yes. has the greater effect earning more yeah yeah sure. you can't i mean you can be frugal your whole life and if you don't earn more i mean it's only going to get you so far right right and uh but it's still important for sure saving money is still important so yeah i try to find it's a good combination of both like, i feel like in the personal finance community like there's always this dichotomy of earning more saving money is stupid saving money is important there's I don't a weird know. stigma to that yeah yeah it's weird it's like why do you I think feel that like is I think because maybe there's just a lot of emphasis on like, um, you know, just the little ways to save money where people are just, 
get caught up in that, like the extreme cheapskates thing. You know, right. I think that kind of get, gave gives cheapskates and frugal people a bad name, and then people just uh, associate frugality with um, going to ridiculous measures to save money, and then not seeing the forest for the trees, and focusing on. Um, like, <laughs> I don't know, whatever, you know, spending 40 hours a week to coupon when you should just be getting a job, you know, right. it doesn't have to yeah. be like that. You just find a balance and find a happy medium and, and do both. See, I think, um, one of the problems is it's really easy to be cheap. Like it's, it's quick. Like I can do that right now. I yeah. can go cut coupons and they, you know, I know, I know a lot of friends, they, they go to the supermarket because they got the coupon in the circular and they spent all Sunday afternoon cutting up all the coupons and then they go buy like 50 cans of Chef Boyardee because it's only a dollar. And it's like, who's going to eat that many cans? We're not like, it, unless you're like one of those like doomsday preppers, that's not a thing. And plus you're yeah. eating, now you're eating Chef Boyardee, Crap. which isn't good for you either, but it's... <laughs> He's it's, not an actual chef. Yeah, and it's not actual food either. But, yeah. you know, it's super easy for someone to be cheap. If they, it's like, it's like, hey, you should make more money. Well, it's easier, instead of me going and asking my boss for a raise, or instead of going out looking for another job, it's much easier for me to sit there and like maybe, I don't know, not, or make my own dish soap. You know, yeah. something extremely frugal. So now that you... Um, are writing for these uh, financial websites, has your perception of money changed? Has your like mindset of money changed? Totally. Like when I first started writing for Get Rich Slo- Slowly, um, I kind I think I kind of got the job because I was a very frugal person and, um, and they were looking for writers. And I was like, look, I don't really know a lot about money, but I know a hell of a lot about being frugal. And, um, and, and so my articles were kind of, uh, you know, built around frugality and that sort of thing. And, but I slowly kind of have been learning and, and, and um, documenting what I learn on the site, and it's been really interesting. I'm still learning a lot about it, you know, but I, that was a, a really big learning curve to understand, to kind of redefine what I think of, uh, how I think of money, you know? It's not just about saving. Like, it, there's a lot more that goes into it. Did you, were you an investor beforehand, or, th- or did that start with... Right. That start that started just recently. I'd say probably within the past year or so. I mean, I had a four hundred one k through my job, but I knew nothing about it, and um, and I was afraid to read about it because it just seemed so daunting and overwhelming. And it's really not that daunting and overwhelming. No, even my mother is. Um, I feel bad calling her out, but she's afraid. She's terrified. I mean, she does the same thing as as me. She had a four hundred one k, but she's like, I just don't know, Kristen. I don't know about these. Uh, I don't know about the stock market. She thinks it's like playing the lottery. She thinks it's like going gambling in Vegas. <laughs> and you know what's <laughs> funny? Kind of is, I guess, but I call my mother out a lot on the show. I'm, I'm hoping she doesn't listen. <laughs> but I, the same thing. She's afraid of the stock market, but yet she plays the lottery all the time. That's hilarious. So it's like, uh, I was like, hey, that's a fool's tax. You should put your money in Betterment or some other like really easy account or something. She's like, I'm fine. And she's got a ton in savings. It's not like she doesn't have the money to do it. Does she she track her lottery winnings on personal capital? No. (laughs) That would be awesome. It would if she she actually made any money. She plays like the Powerball, the big ones, no scratch offs or anything. Although um, I wouldn't put it past her to do that. But it's... (laughs) It, it is, uh, yeah, I, it does seem daunting. I mean, look, I was broke for the longest time, and until I met Andrew, I was terrible with money. And yeah. it is, it is, it's hard. I don't know, like, did you, did you want to become better with money and searched out these websites 
in order to do that and, and read books and stuff? Or was it like, did somebody come to you and say, uh, you know, you need to get better with your money? Was it like an intervention or a self-proclaimed, like, I'm going to do this? It was a self-taught thing. Like, I, I, I sought out the websites and the books and stuff for sure. I just knew, like, I, I always knew I wanted to be rich. <laughs> you know, right. I always knew, not even rich, just not poor. When I was poor, I was like, this, when, we were, when I was growing up and we were poor, I was like, this isn't going to work. Like, this, just, this is not going to be when I get older. So I've always kind of been trying to get out of that. And, you know, it's a really big motivator when you kind of, you pay off your debts and you and you see the your net worth or whatever growing and you get excited and then you want to learn more you know right. so that's when i kind of sought out get rich slowly and a bunch of other blogs so what your breaking point was or your turning point was was it after college was it was it something that you just you knew you, that you had to get out of like what was the day you were like i'm going to go start looking for blogs or start reading a book um, it, you know, it really was kind of a gradual thing. Like I started reading MSN Money and I was a big fan of Donna Friedman. Like I would, I kind of had this, okay, well, I guess the turning point would be reading Dave Ramsey's book. And I know a lot of people, they go back to him, but he's he's really good. It was a good, simple book. And it really kind of, it was the first time I read anything about money that seemed accessible to me. It was the first time I read anything about personal finance that seemed accessible to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, I understand where this is coming from. And it gave me hope. And and so I, I got out of debt. And then um, I think as I, well, I was getting out of debt and I had student loans and I was paying them off. And I got really, um, as I was paying them off, I had that plan, but it was like, okay, I'm working toward this, but what can I do in the meantime? Like I wanted to make it go faster. So I kept reading all of this stuff about, um, being frugal, and then after you know learning learning about that, it just kind of naturally progressed into okay, well, um, you know, there's more to personal finance than just being frugal, and, and then it uncovered this whole other uh, pile of information that I'm still learning. So you think it was one of those? So you think Dave Ramsey's book was the the catalyst for you? Yeah, totally. And I was re- I was um, you know I was kind of in college when I read it, and my stepdad gave it to me and. I guess it really spoke to him, and then he, you know, I kind of was just like, ah, whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't need to know what, <laughs> anything yeah, about this stuff. Right. Um, but then I, I cracked it open and read it, and I was just so surprisingly relatable that it, it really, um, yeah, it changed. It, it changed the way that I thought about my money. Was it Total Money Makeover? Is that the book you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Total okay. Money. Is that is only? I think he has like a bunch of them. I don't know if that was his first. <laughs> yeah, or he's whatever. got like a whole library of them. But that that one I think is the basic kind of his original. See, a lot of people I know, that's their first book for personal finance. Yeah, and you know what? I'm not going to lie. I always feel a little embarrassed, like, say, because he's very, you know, like, I just associate Dave Ramsey with, like, this conservative, you know, like. Yeah, uh, Bible yeah. thumper. A, a little bit of a Bible thumper. I didn't want to say it, but yeah, a little bit of a Bible thumper, which is not me, but it's, you can, um, you know, I think that kind of turns some people off. But, for sure. But there's, <laughs> Bible thumping, I don't know why, but Yeah. It, it turns some people off, but you can kind of filter filter that stuff out and just um, like I don't even remember in that book if I read anything about uh, Jesus and stuff. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> know if I, I haven't read the book, but I assumed like Jesus came to him in a dream and like handed him a bunch of cash and said, "You need to go teach the world about personal finance." That's it. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm like I hope because I've read some of his articles on his blog and I do go in that direction a little bit, and it yeah. scares me. I don't like that. I, I have to say, I don't. I'm not a religious person, and that stuff turns me off. But um, you can filter out that stuff and and find some good in what in the in in the personal finance message, and just focus on that. Yeah, you know? for sure. I mean, for me, it was uh, 
Ramit's book, uh, I Will Teach You to Be Rich. That oh, was the yeah. book that, and I was like, I read, it, I read it last year. That was like my turning point. Oh, good though. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is easy. And he like talks to you like a human. And then that's when I started reading The Simple Dollar and Get Rich Slowly. In fact, he mentions Get Rich Slowly a lot in that book. Uh, that's and cool. that's when I just started reading blogs. I met up with Andrew and everything changed. Like, yeah. like all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I have to get rid of the debt. And that was a big, like huge. I don't, I don't have student loan debt, but I had credit, like massive credit card debt. And yeah, once you get rid of the debt, I think, and you, did you pay off all your student loans? Or yeah. You still do? Wow. I didn't have a whole lot though. I think I had like 12,000 or something. Still a lot. It's still a lot. Nothing compared to what like I feel like graduates have now. Like eighty, but but it yeah yeah it's crazy. But at, at the time, it just seemed like an overwhelming amount. Like those were numbers that I I was like twelve thousand dollars. Okay, sure, that might as well have been a billion dollars to me back then because it was just like, well, that's never going to happen. You know, I was making ten bucks an hour, and um, yeah, I just never had seen an amount that was that high before. So it seemed <laughs> insurmountable. Do you use but, any um, tools for controlling your finances? Now? Yeah. Yeah, I use Mint, and I check it, like, way more often than I should. And um, <laughs> do you guys do that? Well, do you yeah, I mean, it? Andrew is the one that turned me on to Mint, and then we wrote a book about it. Oh, I'll have to read it. Yeah, yeah that's so- it's masteringmint.com. That's the name oh, of it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm a little obsessed with it, too. And, um and personal capital. I discovered that like probably six months ago and I'm a little obsessed with that. And I need to not do that so much. Like you shouldn't look at your budget like the, uh, like several times a day. I don't know why I'm just like expecting <laughs> these numbers to change and expecting there to be like an extra zero somehow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what though? The good part about looking at it is you can catch mistakes and fees true. and stuff. Very true. And that has happened. So Yeah. And they say the same thing about web traffic. You shouldn't look at that every day either. I know. I do that a lot. (laughs) Andrew, you're guilty of that. I had to delete it off my phone, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You had to go so far as to just delete the app altogether. Yeah, (laughs) it's bad. (laughs) I mean, I have Mint everywhere. I have it on my iPad, my iPhone, my computer. It's everywhere. And I check I it. I love it. I love Mint. I, no, so it's I good. use that, and um, that's really kind of the only. I guess you're talking. About, we're talking. About, what was the question? Well, <laughs> the question about budgeting tools. Yeah, like budgeting tools. But do you? Use, what's personal capital? Is that for investing? Yeah, it's like Mint for investing. So um, you should definitely try it. It's totally <laughs> free. And about it, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, it's but it's it, yeah, it's for like your your retirement accounts and things like that. Um, but it has like an investment checkup tool that's really cool. So it tells you, you know, if your stocks and bonds are allocated uh, appropriately for your age or whatever. And um, it's been really helpful to me. So yeah, interesting. Those are the two I use a lot. We'll definitely throw that in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. I, is it free? <laughs> I, it's free. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Andrew. I, I have an account and I played a little bit like I, the, the whole fee. Uh, it's like the um, 401k fee reducer tool in personal capital. Like I, I love that tool. Yeah. Um, I never I never tried the allocation thing. That sounds really cool, though. Yeah, they yeah, they recently like vamped that or something. I don't know. But uh, to see like what even sectors your stocks are, like if you're too heavy in healthcare or something like that, they'll tell you, hey, cut back on this. And it's cool. So when you pick your index funds or whatever, you know, which you get a better idea of which ones to pick. Ah, hmm. that's good. 
we don't have to turn this into a personal capital no. first. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking for sponsors, though. So, if personal listening. so personal capital, please. Personal yeah. capital. Right? Personal capital is a great tool. <laughs> Everyone should download it. Download so, it so I have to ask: Do you do you do the investing yourself? Like, do you find funds and stuff and, and invest on your own? Yeah. Yes. I look for, I just do kind of research. Um, I research like what funds are doing well, you know, they're just like overall general stock funds or whatever. And um, so far so good. Although I was, you know, when I used that tool, I realized that I was over invested in um, stock. So then I had to cut back a little bit and just change it up a bit. But yeah, I just kind of research it myself and then uh, put them, buy them and put them in my uh, IRAs. So I got a question. What about what's what's Brokeopedia all about? That's your site. That's my site. So I um I've always like I've always wanted to like start a blog, and I I kind of did when I was uh you know a few years ago, and um, it was like a I didn't this was maybe three or four years ago before I really like got into the whole personal finance thing. I just I've always been like I said a cheapskate, so I started right. a blog called The Cheap Chef, and it was like just really cheap like. $5 recipes you could do it. And then now that's kind of like super popular. But back then it was like, it wasn't that popular. Like a lot of people weren't really doing that. Right. Um, so, and that gained some traction, but I just couldn't keep, keep up with it. And so I kind of gave up on it. And um, then last year I got laid off. Wow. Oh, I know. I've, I've, I've been there. I've just laid off yeah. for two years. Oh no. Yeah. yeah. It was rough out there. Uh, luckily things are starting to turn around. So that's good. But uh, in my downtime, I was like, well, I'm going to finally, I'm, I'm going to kind of, you know, do tackle some of these passion projects that I've had in, in the back of my head. And a frugal living blog was one of them. And a lot of people have, like, I don't know, frugal living is kind of a popular topic right now, I feel like. Yeah, and for sure. So you have a lot of these blogs. But, um, you know, I blogging is, it's not like you're going to get rich quickly off of blogging, right? Some people do, but... It took, it took me four years to get moderately successful. <laughs> it's hard. It's very it's hard. So much work. So I had to make sure that it was um, a top... I like to... I'm a writer and I love writing and I was like, what are my other hobbies? And I'm like, I'm so boring because <laughs> I was like, well, I only like to write and save money. I have no other hobbies. So That's I was a like, job. Well, it a is, A lot of yeah. people looking for writers. <laughs> well, yeah, it served me well. So, um, so I decided, well, I might as well start a blog about saving money because because that's the only thing I really n- know about. No, that's the only yeah, it's the only thing I really enjoy. Like, that's my hobby, I guess. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm not a knitter or a cook or anything. You're not a cook, <laughs> but you had the chef website. Well, I'm. Uh, I guess I am a cook, but I'm uh, not a good one. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Just so a cheap one. No wonder the blog fizzled out. <laughs> <laughs> I should have mentioned that. Also, my recipes were terrible. <laughs> People were poisoned. No, nobody was poisoned. And so, no, right. So, I mean, so Brokeopedia is mm-hmm. just a, a, a blog, right? Yeah. It's not like a Wikipedia. It's not like a wiki or anything. No. Like, think, I think the idea, like, I want it to eventually, like, have so many money-saving tips. And that's why I post. I feel like I post really frequently um, for a beginner blogger. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I want it to be like a database of like, that's what I thought when I was, because when I was, um, when I got laid off, I was like, well, I, you know, I need to cut back. I need to, you know, trim my budget. Mm-hmm. And I wish there was like an all in one resource for kind of doing that. And there, there have been like, I think, um, Reader's Digest, like 
published um, a book about like just kind of like a frugal encyclopedia type of thing. But that's what. Well, I'm talking to my brother. Right? He's just like walking oh, anywhere. <laughs> so I was like looking over here. Um, yeah, there's uh, yeah. So I just kind of wanted like hi a frugal encyclopedia. <laughs> right. It was like modern and and. Um, you know, for, for maybe for younger people a little bit, because nowadays, I mean, our economy is so bad, I guess everybody's kind of struggling, but yeah. especially young graduates who are mm. coming out of college and it's like, they have no idea how to save money. So I kind of wanted to make like a one, all in one resource for them to find diff- ways to save on different areas. So is it like how to make your own dish soap kind of saving stuff or is it more practical? It's I I mean I haven't written an article about how to sim, how to make your own dish soap but I wouldn't won't put it past me mm-hmm. um, it's kind of just everything so I'll I'll I've written stuff about like how to you know change your mindset if you're an overspender and then I've written practical stuff about um, you know how you can use your credit card to pay for your cell phone insurance and stuff like that you know so it's just a kind of wide array of things well, who what's your advice for somebody who is an overspender. I was one of those people. I, I am one of those people. I'm still kind of, it's something that I still kind of struggle with, but um, I don't know. I learn, I read a lot of uh, stuff about overspending and how to overcome it. And um, it, it's, it, there's, there's a lot of different advice, but I think one of, uh, <laughs> I'm just rambling. Let me try to think. Well, let's like, what's the big one? What's the big bang for your buck sort of advice? For not overspending? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I know I feel on the spot, but uh, for I don't know. I've just written about it. I've written check, so much check about your it blog. And blank, and now I'm just completely going blank. But um, I don't know. I read. You know, the one thing that comes to mind is I wrote about uh, this study that they found when people touch things. That when you're in a store and you touch something, you feel like you own it. Oh. So then you. You want it, and you you you. If you touch a sh- you see a shirt, an expensive shirt in a store, and you touch it, and then you look at it, and you hold it up and see if it looks good on you, and then once you do that, you feel like you already own it. So now you have to buy it. So it increases your chances of buying it. So I mean, it's I I don't want to I hate to say like it's just about willpower. Like you just have to not do it. Well, it's psychology. I, I mean, that's yeah. that's something right there. I mean, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, all of just don't little- touch it. Just don't touch it. So <laughs> you can't touch this. <laughs> MC Hammer was right, uh, and yet but, he's and yet he's broke as shit. So I mean, <laughs> how ironic is that? <laughs> he did touch it. Um, but, yeah, I feel like for me, it's just kind of learning. What what's helped me is just kind of learning to appreciate things without having to own them. And I think that's a big thing is like, we always want, 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 want. We're such, we're so um, consumer driven. Like, why do we always have to have things? Like I see everything I want, everything I see, I always want it. If my friends have it, I want it. And um, I know you're not supposed to be like that, especially since I write about money. Like I shouldn't be like that, but that's just my human nature is just like, I see something cool in a window and I want that. And so I just have to learn to say, no, I don't, Maybe I don't even really want it, you know? I think really it just comes down to um, mindful spending. And, um, you know, consumerism is okay to some extent, but just we, uh, we I think, as a society, like our, it's our culture is just. I mean, like, when it you, is, it when is you talk a really about. Thing. Yeah, when you talk about. Um, I mean, look at. Have you ever seen 2001 as Face Odyssey? And they're like. Long- the f- 
you know, the first 20 minutes, it's like the dawn of man and these like and it's us as apes and we're fighting over, you know, what other people have. We're stealing other people's things. We always want what yeah. others have because we yeah. want. And that's just I think that's just human nature from like since the dawn of time. Yeah. I think and it's just right. and it just now it translates into, uh, you know, Applebee's gift cards or something. <laughs> it trans it translates. It's not like you don't want your you know, your friend's woman, you want your friend's yeah. car. Yeah, it's weird. It, and I think you're right. I think it is a really primitive thing. And so kind of getting over overspending, like you read about all these studies that help you with it, but really what it boils down to is just overcoming the need to consume and have that, you know? Yeah. And we, you know, there's all, it's okay to buy stuff that you work hard for and that you want, but I think just be knowing being aware of the fact that you want it right. as crazy as that sounds anytime i talk about this stuff, i always feel like i'm crazy but um you know what i'm saying because yeah. it's like well you should be able to just not buy that it's not, it's not that, that easy. easy i yeah it's i not. totally agree and i was yeah. like that i mean i look i used to own a bmw because i needed to own a bmw <laughs> i can yeah. still drive to the store without one I could drive to the store in a Pinto. You know, it, it's not – it doesn't necessarily make a difference to me. And it's just about really, truly understanding yourself and what's important. Yeah. You know, and that's tough for people to, like, sit back and say – and it's all – you know, it's status. It's keeping up with the Joneses as well. So, you know, if my friend gets a nice car, I want a nice car. And if my friend right. gets a boat, now I have to get a boat. Like, I just got to keep up with him because he's outspending me and he looks better – but he's really not better. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's sometimes uh, one of the Get Rich Slowly writers had a really cool article about this called um, Everyone Has Their Joneses or something like that. And it was it was interesting because it's like we always associate keeping up with people like with having nice cars and, and um, whatever. But it's not always about – it doesn't always – it's not – it's sometimes a little bit more insidious than that. And it's not so overtly materialistic because I don't – personally care about like nice cars or brand name stuff but if somebody's going to a concert or something I really want to go you know so like last year a friend went to like a Neil Young concert and I couldn't afford it and I really really wanted to go and then when I heard that they were going I was like I have to go now I want to go even more so it's it's weird don't you think that's different from buying things though it's like it's an experience I mean Neil Young's not gonna be around forever and don't just, say that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that's true. But it's it's what it's spending money. It's still spending money, I guess. Yeah. And, but uh, it's yeah, you're right. But I don't know. I consider that different, especially music and concerts. That that to me is like spared no expense. In my you'll eyes. go all out. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm kind of like that with travel, so I can't talk. Yeah, like, I think it's totally worth it. Yeah, to splurge on travel. And that's the thing. It's it's a, I mean, that's how Andrew. Andrew, you like traveling and going out, and that's not oh, necessarily that's owning my things. Thing, yeah. Like I would rather spend on an expense, like uh, somewhere overseas, somewhere crazy new experience. Just yeah, much better yeah. than you know owning a four thousand dollar candlestick holder. <laughs> Have none of those. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's it's funny because I noticed when I first started reading a lot of personal finance blogs that like. Um, like a lot of the frugal bloggers would talk 
about not spending money on material things and how, you know, you don't need to buy the fancy car and this and that. But then they love to travel so much. I don't know what it is. We love to travel. And so they would splurge on all of, all of this travel stuff. And I guess it's just, you know, we all, it's okay to like fancy cars. It's okay. if But it just comes down to living below or at least at your means, right? Right. right. You know, that was something my dad said to me always. Mm-hmm. And yet I don't think he ever took his own advice, but... He would say, you know, stop living beyond your means. And I think just the phrase, because it came from my father when I was young, used to piss me off. So, uh, you know, you're just rebellious as a child. And you're like, I don't care. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, whatever. You don't know what you're talking about. Whatever, dad. You know? (laughs) And then then when I got a credit card, it was the same thing. Like, it it wasn't, here's, I'm going to sit you down and teach you how to use credit cards. It was, don't open that credit card. Just don't. Yeah. You don't need a credit card. And I'm like, well, I'm going to do the opposite of what you say because I am 17 years old or 18. Mm-hmm. So I, <laughs> I think it. I, I know. I know. A lot of parents uh, don't have the education to teach their kids how to be better with money, and that's yeah. a problem. That is a problem. Um, and a lot of people don't like to talk about money. Like it's such a taboo thing, you it know. Is. Mm. And. Um, and yeah, and so that, I don't think it's, necess- maybe parents aren't like, it's not like they're uncomfortable talking to their kids about money, but I think it's just that we don't talk about it as a, as a culture. We don't really talk about money openly, so it's not stressed. So you don't really feel, and things. I feel like things are changing a little bit in that arena, but for the most part, yeah, it's just not stressed. Like we don't, nobody cares about personal finance. Nobody tells you when you're younger, you know, like you don't learn about it at all. And well, it's, it's social etiquette now where you, you know, you don't ask a woman what her age is just like you don't ask somebody what they make. Yeah. Just social etiquette, but we really should be doing that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people have their, and a lot of, you know, finance bloggers don't want to reveal numbers, but some of them are like very open about it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of nice because it's, it's inspiring to read those posts and understand how they, how they got where they, they did, you know? Um, so I think, yeah, some transparency is really, is, is important. And I think it c- kind of contributes to the overall, uh, idea of just demystifying or, uh, getting rid of the stigma around not talking about money, you know? Yeah. And maybe that's what we'll do is we'll just bring people like, I want to do a thing. I think I saw, uh, Joan Rivers do this and I'm, I I might be totally wrong here, but she would (laughs) see somebody in a really nice car and she would walk up and say, what do you do for a living? Oh, I love that. You know what I mean? And she would get them to say, because you think about it, like you see somebody with really nice stuff or it looks wealthy. And if you ask them, how much do you make a year? And they say, oh, I make $500,000 a year. And you're like, wow, how is the the follow-up? And and once you figure out, like once you break that barrier, then then you just keep asking more and more questions, right? Yeah, and I think like that you're learning at that, at that time. And maybe that's what we need to do is break down that, you know, hey, go up to the next person you see who looks rich and ask them how much they make as a social experiment. <laughs> see what happens. Yeah. And, yeah. And you might you learn never, something. You might learn that they're not rich and they just have a fancy car, but that's could That could be a good lesson, too. That is a great lesson. Oh, like how much do you make a year? Forty thousand dollars. Like, oh, well, how did you afford this uh, seven series BMW? It's called financing. My credit score is like six hundred, <laughs> and I'm severely in like four thousand, four hundred thousand dollars in debt. And you're like, oh shit, I'm not going to be that guy. Yeah, you know, you gotta learn learn from the the mistakes. Too. Yeah. Well, 
uh, I think we should wrap things up. But Kristen, thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me on. It's been great. You guys are really fun. Oh, thank you. And <laughs> I, look, uh, how is Two Cents Lifehacker going right now? It's going well. Um, we did a post today on, speaking of money mistakes, we did a post today on money-saving habits that can actually backfire. Mm. And they're all based on my own um, experience, <laughs> my own mistakes. <laughs> so like oversaving and stuff like that. Um, sometimes you can oversave. I oversaved and I overdrew on my, because um, I was so obsessed with saving, I would put everything I had into a savings account and I ended up overdrawing on my um, checking oh. account. Oh, not good, but my intentions were good. So the article's kind of about that. That's an interesting look at some. I would never think that that would be a like habit that actually can backfire. Yeah, hmm. like it, when you see a really good discount on something at the store and you're like, I'm going to buy that. And it is actually something you hate, but you just right. bought it because it was on sale. <laughs> right. I've done that. I've, I've definitely done that. Wow. I actually did that with the coffee that I mentioned, oh, but I'm bought- drinking it anyway because it's hazelnut, and I don't like flavored coffee. <laughs> but I was like, oh well, it's two dollars though. I I can deal with this. Right. So I don't really. I'm not. It's it's pretty disgusting, but <laughs> pretty horrible. But I'm still drinking it. But yeah, you shouldn't do stuff like that. No, it's a waste. No, Andrew, do you have anything else you'd like to add or ask? Uh, no. You seem pretty quiet. Uh, it's the beer. Just oh yeah, put me down. Beer. And you had whiskey earlier. <laughs> and I had whiskey, yeah. See, <laughs> Matt drinks water every episode, so I just have to double it, you know. <laughs> Five episodes later, I'm like, I'm seeing things. and yeah. You have to make up for his sobriety, yep. I understand. He drinks I feel like I didn't get to swear as much as I wanted to. Go for it. Get, get it in there now. Well, shit. There you okay. go. Maybe next time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, thank you for hanging out with us. You guys can check out uh, Kristen Wong's Wonderful writing, two cents.lifehacker.com. She has brokeopedia.com. She writes at getrichslowly.org. You can Thank find you. her on her website. It's kristenwong.com, which kind of rhymes. Yeah. Kinda. And you can tweet her on Twitter at her hilarious Twitter handle at the Wild Wong, which is great. And we would love to talk to you again. And it was really nice having you on. You guys, too. Thank you so much. Oh, excellent. So thanks for hanging out with us, guys. Remember, if you have any questions you'd like us to answer or if you want to be on the show, please email us, listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. We really want to hear from you guys. And if you really like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen. It would mean the world to us if you did because we need those reviews. We're climbing up the charts in iTunes, (laughs) dominating (laughs) the personal finance industry. Also, we always talk about free money management tools. And we talked about one today called Mint, and we highly recommend it. Kristen recommends it. It's totally free. And Andrew and I both wrote a book called Mastering Mint, which you can find at masteringmint.com. And if you enter the promo code podcast, you will get $5 off that book. And last but not least, if you want to learn more, more about personal finance and money management, we're always writing new stuff and posting up new episodes at listenmoneymatters.com. So Kristen, thanks again for uh, being on the show. Andrew, as always, we look forward to the next episode. Am I right? Yes, sir. All right. Take it easy, guys. Later. Bye.